It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. When it comes to building the roster, what is the biggest concern for Hugh Freeze and the Auburn Tigers? Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining me today, Daryl Daprich. He also joined me uh, yesterday after the Auburn basketball game. If you missed our basketball recap, be sure to check that out in this podcast feed or on this YouTube channel. But Daryl, the, the biggest question mark about everything moving forward is there's a handful of positions. So we've listed out the seven position groups and we were kind of broad with how we listed some of these. And we've, we've got seven groups that we're going to rank from our biggest concern to, you know what? I think we're okay there. And what we think, Hugh Freeze and this staff needs to do to help build up the position group. So both of our biggest concern, Daryl, and this may surprise some folks because I think a lot of people would say offensive line or quarterback, we both went linebacker. We did, and I think it's for a couple of reasons. Number one, we're seeing movement along the offensive line getting replenished. We're seeing transfers. We're seeing signees because obviously that's the two – different ways you can build the roster now, your, your recruiting class of this year and your, your transfer point. Hugh Freeze and staff has done a good job of addressing offensive line needs. So that goes down a little bit in the pecking order. To me, Josh, the criteria, uh, Zach, for, for doing any of that as far as, you know, building a roster or, or, or doing anything in the, in the way of, of addressing needs, you've got quantity – and quality. Those are your two biggest concerns when you look at a roster. And linebacker is the one that jumps out at me because of quantity. You can't have quality if you ain't got the numbers. If you even got dudes, you don't even know if you've got anything worth having. So the fact that the quantity is low at linebacker, that Auburn hasn't added any in the portal, that they lose Papo, and that they haven't added any in this recruiting class is why it's the biggest concern to me. Well, and, and I think in this Ron Roberts defense, Derek Hall and Ekuliota would be seen more as linebackers, not necessarily those you know stand-up defensive ends. And so I'll up those guys in there. And so really, when you look at the what this defense is going to be, you lose Owen Papo, you lose Derek Hall, and you lose Ekuliota, and you lose Marcus Bragg, and, and that's an issue. And that's an issue. And so uh, those are all guys that can contribute and make your team better. The offensive line lost a bunch of dudes that didn't really make you better. And so, also, I'm with you. The The snapshot of what the starting offensive line may look like is coming together. And so, that that's our number two, is offensive line. And I'm with you. I think we have linebacker one, offensive line two, because I have more confidence in what the offensive line will come together and look like after picking up a, a, a hot transfer after picking up a stud Juco tackle, Xavier Miller, and I want to talk about him in a second, Daryl. I'm not sold that it's going to come together at the linebacker spot. In fact, if I had to predict right now, Auburn's going to go into the season with Cam Riley as their number one linebacker, and we'll have to see what happens. 
What's interesting too, what's interesting about that as well is that with a defense, a new defensive coordinator comes in and a defensive scheme changes. So, you know, there's a little bit of grace given there to try sure. to figure out the linebacking situation. Do they go in, in a system where an oversized safety now becomes a linebacker and maybe we have two or three on the roster right now that we don't know about? So you add those into the mix. But I think you made an excellent point. And first of all, I wanted to make sure everyone understood that I know you're Zach, not Josh. But when you have a son named Josh who peeks his head through the door, it's like, am I supposed to call you dad right now? It was, he kind of looked through the door there. So anyway, um, (laughs) that was interesting, kind of fun. But um, I think you make a great point is that the offensive line, a lot of times can be addition by subtraction. So let's say we got decent linebacking play. And and that's something we would have to debate is what, what position group played better, offensive line or linebackers? It's kind of a toss-up last year. But let's just say that the linebacking corp, yeah, linebackers played better. So your offensive line leaving by default may make that group better. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, you know, we couldn't do much worse with some of the guys that that were playing. And if, if they're leaving, you might get an addition by subtraction. So that's a factor to figure in as well when you're ranking sure. position groups. Sure. Let, let's play a game just real quick. I'm going to say a safety's name. You tell me if you think they could play linebacker. Great. Let's do it. Donovan Kaufman, 5'10", 205. No. Zion Puckett, 6'2", 227. Yes. Caden Bridges, 6'2", 202. No. Uh, Caleb Wooden, 6'1", 188. No. Marquise Gilbert, 6'2", 178. Is that right? He looks so much bigger than that. He does. So did Caden Bridges, so no. Yeah, yeah. And this is last year's roster, right? We'll see if they update it. The, the um, one that it, Go ahead. Yeah. No, th- those are your scholarship guys from last year. Yeah. Ter- Terrence Love, from uh, I think the recruit, I think he's a guy that is oversized safety that could definitely be yeah. uh, groomed. Now, he's not ready. He's not on the field yet, You know, even in school. But that's somebody down the road I think maybe you could look at and say, well, he's a potential linebacker. Yeah, and then like Robert Woodyard, you know, can he take that next step? He was listed at 245 last year. Like him to get down to 225, 230, kind of get that extra step. Yeah. Um, can, can he play? A lot of people were calling his name towards the end of last year with how Papo and Steiner and Riley were playing. And a few of those guys kind of missed some time with injuries as well. So maybe, maybe he'll be ready. Now, is Asante still technically on the roster? Eugene I haven't Asante. seen anything to say otherwise that Eugene Asante could, is gone. He, he could be somebody with a new coaching staff that could benefit from that as a diamond in the rough. He had a tough year last year, some personal issues that were yeah. very difficult to go through. And so maybe with a fresh, uh, a clean slate and a new coaching staff, maybe he's someone you can throw in the mix. Yeah, I like his traits but it just didn't sound like talking to folks in practice. Like it just never sound like he got it, but he lost his father, right? Like he went through a lot of stuff and, and Brian Harson was very vocal about defending him publicly, which I thought, I thought was good to see. You think about this though. We we're talking about a coaching staff that buried Landon King. Do we put much stock into wow. them saying, you know what I'm saying? Them sure. saying he just didn't get it. I mean, we know they haven't been so sterling in personnel decisions as it is. They buried, two or three guys that maybe got three snaps that people are screaming, why aren't they playing fair. more? Maybe Asante was one of those dudes that just got unfairly labeled. Yeah, that's fair. All right, my last note about offensive line, uh, as we kind of group linebacker and offensive line as the two bigger uh, concern groups. I've just kind of been assuming 
And somebody brought this up on a YouTube comment. And I'm not fully agreeing with it, but I do think it's worth the conversation, Daryl. All right, we, we feel good about Dylan Wade, the Tulsa transfer, as a, a left tackle, right? If we get somebody that's better than him at left tackle, you move him to right tackle, all mm-hmm. of a sudden you feel really good about everything. But I've been just assuming Azavian Miller's ready, that he'll be ready as a Juco product day one to start at right tackle in the SEC. And I had a few comments, one specifically that stood out. It's like, should we assume this? Should we assume that he'll be ready day one? And I thought that was an interesting question. Mm-hmm. I think we can, but if we can't and he's not, all of a sudden it makes that sales pitch to another tackle a lot easier. It's interesting because our whole mindset has changed towards JUCO players now that the transfer portal is here. Right. Like, yeah. like back in the day, you kind of felt like JUCO guys that played two years at a certain junior college were definitely more ready than a high school kid coming in and you, you could just plug and play. And with transfer portal guys now, we can't, it's not fair to associate or to assume a JUCO guy is right on the same level as a transfer portal tackle. Maybe at a at a at a uh, at, at a skill position, I think. I really do. But from a from a tackle position still, I think they need that extra year. So I think that's a fair assessment to say don't lump them in with a two-year starter from a group of five just because he played JUCO. JUCO is a whole different deal. You, you, you know, again, skill positions are different. That's what I think. Yeah, I mean, the physical aspect of what happens in the trenches is, is a big deal. You can't simulate that at any other level. All right, the next one will be defensive line and quarterback. We have concerns about both of those groups for different reasons, Daryl. And we'll touch on that in just a moment right here on Locked On Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis, you get the latest odds and trends for every professional and college league out there. If you love sports, you will love everything that Bet Online has to offer. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Daryl Daprich joining me today. All right, our third position group of concern Going to take the next step is defensive line. And, and you talked about quality and quantity. I love the quality that's there on the defensive line. I'm very high on Jason Jones. I'm high on Zakevius Walker. I'm high on Jeffrey Emba. And then it kind of stops, kind of slows down a little bit. Um, did you, Marcus Harris? Did you yes. m- mention? Yeah. Yes. So I'm high on Marcus Harris. Good call. I, I think. One of the great things about this defensive line breakdown is what I mentioned schematically changing to a 3-4, how there might be some safeties that could play linebacker. Yeah. With a 3-4, your defensive line, now I get it, your 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 edge become outside linebackers and all that kind of stuff, But and that was a position group we talked about that was thin. 
But a 3-4 with a true nose tackle like Jason Jones is, space eater, just perfect, prototypical nose tackle. You God couldn't create one better than that as far as when you, when you put it on paper. Sure, It gives you the flexibility of not having to go as deep along the defensive line because you're only rotating three dudes in instead of four guys. That's an inherent advantage when you're looking to break down the defensive line. Now, it does add to the whole <laughs> – you know, it puts a strain on the linebacking core. But I think that from a defensive line standpoint, and you still got some guys like Dylan Brooks that may be moved. Maybe he's a candidate to be moved from – I don't know if there's a true edge in a 3-4, so you move him to an outside, outside linebacker. Yeah, I said outside linebacker spot. Yeah, it, it, it's it's what those defenses, the 3-4s that, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers and a lot of those did that they had in the Baltimore Ravens. They had those two outside linebackers that would always come get you and there was a ton of sacks. That's what Auburn's defense – yeah. is looking to to replicate. So from a defensive line standpoint, you know, you, you also – his name escapes me, but you got the junior college player that came in that Auburn wasn't expecting to get that they got for depth. And then McAllister from Vanderbilt is an edge. Does he move to outside linebacker, you know, in this defense? So there's, there's, there's more quantity there, but it's definitely – well, there's quality. The starting three I'm very high on. It's just after that – you've got to build some depth. Yeah, I'm there with you. And you are talking about uh, Quintrell Jamison Travis is his name. The Juco guy, the three-star. Correct. Quintrell, I think is how you pronounce it. So, yeah, and that was a big get. That was a big get. What about a guy like uh, NC Sledge? You know, he's over Mm. six foot. He's over 300 pounds. Is he playable? Is he wrote is he a rotation candidate uh for a guy like Jason Jones if they want to go heavy sometime in the second half? Well, I think that's a great point. I think you're gonna have to put some weight on him in the offseason, strength and condition, maybe get him to 310, 315, and then put plug him in as the backup nose tackle. And then you talked about Zeke Walker, be a perfect uh, backup right. defensive end. Um, there's guys on the roster that can that are plug and play for some depth. You just got to build more of that. But I think Sledge is a is a is a good candidate um, to 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 beef up a little bit and I'm and again the the U the kid that transferred to USC uh, from Florida that almost committed to Miami that flipped from Miami that that left Auburn last year that, uh, yes I think he would have been a perfect dude to move to outside linebacker or in this defense too so that's yeah. that's kind of what you have to do and get creative and again you know there, there's there's some defensive linemen in, on the I mean. Falk is a guy that can come in and supposedly play right away. So mm-hmm. that's where that's where you feel better than than linebacker position, right? Because you got some dudes that are in the in the recruiting class that you think can come and make an immediate impact as a freshman. And again, we're not done when it comes to the portal. All right, our next up, our biggest concern is quarterback, and I think this is more on the quantity category. But once again, I'm talking from a place where I am higher on Robbie Ashford than the average Auburn person. I just am. I think in Hugh Freeze's system, he could be very good. Your thoughts? I agree. I think right now, when you look at the quarterback position, you've got you know Robbie Ashford, you got Gurner backing him up. Uh, you signed a kid uh, in Hank Brown, uh, Calzada, and TJ Finley not going to be on the roster. So you do need quantity. Now the quality. We, we don't at- know that for TJ yet. We okay. don't know yeah. that, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I'm just some of the Auburn beat writers are speculating that. So we'll see for sure. But yeah, um the the whole 
uh, quality thing is Robbie's just got to improve. You've got a returning starter in Robbie Ashford, but if you want to go where you want where you need to go in the SEC, you have to get better quarterback play. So just because you have a guy that's played a lot of snaps and is good and has had some moments, you've got to see improvement. You got to see real growth and maturation for Auburn to get where they want to go because you know in the SEC how important quarterback play is. Is that Robbie Ashford from a quality standpoint? Does he have to improve on his quality of play? Absolutely. Or do you bring in a portal guy that's already played at a high level of two or three years of college football? I, th- I think either way, this is a, a situation where I'm really, it can go either way. It's not a position group that I'm concerned about, but it's a position group that I think could stand some improvement, whether that's internally with Robbie playing better because of you freeze and the quarterback coach and the offensive coordinator or bringing somebody in. Either way, I think that position will look better next year regardless. I'm there with you. I'm there with you. I think they have to bring in a, a transfer guy no matter what. I just think that's kind of the way it works. I, I think you need more than – if you're counting Hank, I, I think you need more than more than just those guys. So we'll see. Which position groups do we feel the best about for the Auburn Tigers? We'll tell you in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at the NHTSA. It can happen so easily. You're out with friends or coworkers and you're putting back a few drinks and a few becomes too many and it's time to go. And for a moment, you think of calling for a ride and you say, nah, you're a good driver. You live nearby and you can make it home okay. And what are the odds you'll get pulled over? And even so, what's the worst that can happen? You lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. Drive sober or get pulled over. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Daryl Daprich joining me today. All right, the three position groups we feel the best about. Daryl, we lumped wide receiver and tight end together for the sake of mm-hmm. this conversation. If you want to split them up, they're probably still in the same area. Absolutely. Then defensive back, and then the position group we feel the best about, running back, which ironically, Auburn may get another one um, in the next few days. We'll see. All right, so let's start with wide receiver and tight end. And to me, this is interesting because 365 days ago, we were all freaking out about the wide receiver position, and not a whole lot has changed personnel-wise. It's just Camden Brown is really, really good, and guys like Coy Moore and Javaris Johnson in a real offense, they could totally be top-tier SEC receivers when it's all said and done. And I'm thinking guys like Omari Kelly and Jay Fair, too. See, that's why I like this position group so much, because of the depth. And I think Marcus Davis is going to make a great impact. I think Hugh Freeze and his off- and the offensive coordinator, Phil Montgomery, is going to do good. I think receivers yeah. are going to be better just because they have another year, better coaching, maturation, and they go deep. And I also feel like Auburn will add someone in the portal. Here's what's amazing about this breakdown of position groups. There's seven that we're looking at. This is about as six and six, seven and five as you can get. And you have to see some overachievement to get above that. There's three we're very concerned about. There's one, the quarterback position, that we're eh, 
go either way, right? I mean, we, we're not concerned and we don't consider the strength. We're like to be determined, incomplete. And then there's three that we feel really, really good about that are strengths, three, one, three. So it's just amazing if any of those groups that all that we feel like our concerns show real improvement and the other three don't regress, that's where you see real, real marked improvement record-wise, personnel-wise, all that. So getting to the receivers, and and look, there's a tight end room that I think you lose John Samuel Shanker, but I think you gain a guy like Landon King and you gain Fairweather. So that really helps solidify that room with all those receivers we just mentioned. Uh, I'm there with you. And you keep the rest of the tight end room, which is uh, ideal. Next up, defensive backs. We, uh, we feel the second best about that. And I think the upside of the defensive back room is tremendous. A lot of that has to do with DJ James, and there's a slight chance that he doesn't come back. He has, I don't think he's officially announced one way or the other. I think he's still weighing his options, and good for him. He, he's good. He's good. He would get picked, and uh, there's just the chance that he could get picked higher if he comes back and does it again. So we'll see what happens with that, but I still I love Jalen Simpson. I think Nehemiah Pritchett has a lot of traits that you really, really like as far as what he can do. You flip a guy like Kay and Lee, uh, and I'm sure discussions about early playing time were brought up in that flip from Ohio State. And then we mentioned some of the safeties. Yeah, the safeties Kaufman. That, and, yeah, safeties yeah. that played a lot last year, Daryl. And so this is an experienced group. It's a deep group. They're going to have to change what they did last year to this year a little bit in regards to you know a change in defensive coordinators. But all in all, I feel pretty confident in how it could go. And it's a group that is really being recruited heavy too, right? I mean, if you looked at Auburn's recruiting class right now and said, man, where do they load up? It's like with J.C. Hart and and, and Lee and those guys, you're like, uh, you know, defensive backs, Terrence Love. I mean, you really see Auburn it, it had did a, was really did a good job in the recruiting class of getting top-end talent along the defensive backfield. So when you already when you add that and infuse that talent into what Auburn already has coming back is why I feel good about the present day and the future of that position group. All right, then let's get to the best position group on the team. It is running back. This is a group that I could just sit back with a nice bourbon and watch Dark West Hunter run all day, Damari often hurtling people like it's nothing, and, of course, the addition of Jeremiah Cobb. And then, look, you look at um, the former Mississippi State running back who is announcing his decision early next year, Dylan Johnson, yep. who, who, who could be a big part of this as well. Yeah, and I think, you know, if, if Auburn misses on a guy, let's say, like Dylan Johnson, and he goes back to Mississippi State, I don't think they're going to say, okay, well, we're not going to take a running back. I just don't feel that way. I, mean, I could be wrong. I think they still get – you don't need – like I said with, when I was on earlier with you this week, you don't – it's not a necessity. It's a luxury. So you can be picky. You can be choosy. And you're not looking for running back one in the portal. You're not looking for your starting running back. You're looking for a guy that can be running back two. It can get you 500 yards and 100 oh. carries and, and you know, throughout the year, 80 carries, whatever. And that's, that's why there's not as much pressure. And, again, it's all about the impact that Cobb can make when he comes in. If he makes a Judkins – uh, kind of impact at Ole Miss, you can go three deep and you're fine between him and Jarquez Hunter and Austin. So, it, you know, that's the unknown. But but I still think Auburn, from a luxury standpoint, and just to feel comfortable, would like that back to, to kind of get some carries from Hunter just to spell him some. 
Daryl, thank you for talking a lot today. My voice is just about gone, so really appreciate you stepping up and, and helping me out today. Um, if you missed our live show last night, you can go watch it now on YouTube or in the it's it, it'll probably be the thing that plays next if you're listening on your your favorite podcasting app where Daryl and I recap Auburn and Florida. Good time. As always, how else can folks support you, bud? Uh, Twitter, DAP6410. Uh, also, as we mentioned, all these live uh, reaction shows. And then Monday mornings after the holidays, I'll be back on Auburn Opelika this morning with Ben, <coughs> excuse me, ben Taylor. Yep. <coughs> We're both fighting through it. There's uh, some, some crud going on. You can find all my written work at auburndaily.com. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.